Hi, this is Materially Speaking, where artists tell their stories through the materials they choose. We're currently in the area around Pietrasanta, northern Italy, where artists have been carving marble for centuries since Michelangelo came 500 years ago to choose marble for his Pieta. Artists are attracted here not only by the marble, but also the extraordinary skills of the artisans, which have been handed down from generation to generation. Some specialise in roughing out, that is, taking off the top layer of marble and handing the piece back to the artist when the main shape of the work is uncovered. Others specialise in faces, or hands and feet, or clothing. Their skills are so honed that I've heard they can even differentiate between how the folds of velvet would fall if the subject was from Venice, and how it would look if the subject wore clothes from Florence. However, the days of hundreds of artisans working flat out producing saints and sarcophagi for churches has passed. Nowadays, there's more abstract than figurative work, but the skills of the remaining artisans are highly valued, especially as their numbers dwindle. Today I have come to Studio Sam, one of the most famous studios in the area run by Kira McMartin. Sam have moved out of town to get more space and are now in the nearby countryside of Camayori. Today I'm sitting in the studio orchard in the blazing sunshine amongst peach trees talking to Norwegian artist Turid Gillenhammer. My name is Turid Gillenhammer. I have a Swedish surname. I was born in Vestfold in Tunsberg. I have uh, four siblings and one twin sister. And when the twin sister and I was in the first grade in school, my father wrote a letter to a friend in Sweden and said that the two sisters, they go each way. One is very good at writing and the other one is very good at drawing and mathematics. In a way, it was always there for me that I should do some... I don't know why it took so long time before I'm, I'm here now, 61 years, and, and feel that in the right place. The first time I come to Petra Santa was in 2007. Uh, we was uh, with my family. I was spending some holiday uh, down south in Italy, and then I discovered that Helen Blumenfeld was working in Petra Santa. I was an au pair for Helen Blumenfeld in New York when I was 18, by not really planned, but I went to a boarding school in Cambridge, and I was so dyslectic, so I didn't under I didn't learn any English because I went with some Norwegian friends and then there was a girl in the school that was au pair for the Blumenfeld and they was going to America and she didn't want to go with them so one week later I was on a plane to New York with the Blumenfeld family and then I went home to Norway and because of my bad English I didn't have any contact but she wrote me some cards and uh, sent some names for artists that I should contact because I was already painting and had the exhibition before I was 18. It took 30 years before I found her in Petra Santa. And I went there with my family 
and I saw some Norwegian girls standing, working, carving at marble. One of her name was Julia Vans. And I was just amazed. I think it looks so fantastic. And I went home and in the newspaper, it was a, a school in the university, not far from me, that had a course in making sculpture in granite. So I went into that course and make my first piece in granite. And then I come home down to Petra Santa in 2011 to see a big show of Helen Blumenfeld. And because of a delay in planes, I had to stay one week instead of the weekend. And in that week, I get to know Studio Sam and Kira and the others so well. So I was welcome the year after to come and work there. You said you work more, mostly on more than one piece at a time, but I think at the moment this series is the whole yeah, of what no, you're thinking are, about. They're yeah. all, yes. Yeah. Yes, I like to go into different concepts, like I make the breast cancer exhibition in Norway because it was not in the system to get a new breast after surgery. So they got after the women stand in front of the government and took off their clothes. They got, I think, 200 millions for getting. What, what was the exhibition? What, no, what? I get, I, that, at that time I got 50 women together with me to take picture of their, their surgery in black and white, 50, 50 centimeters together with a professional photographer in black and white. And somebody have their faces and somebody have like a toshu and somebody, uh, and then I make some embroideries about their stories, about their lives. So I had to gather this and this had been shown a lot of places. And in the first place, my, my husband said to me, you are not going to get picture. And I said, no, no, no. But of course, I was getting picture of me. But now he's so used to that picture. They, now it's, it's, it's so many years ago, so now he, he likes to see the picture. He said that that one breast was his. So he didn't want me to show it to anyone. Oh, so you <laughs> have breast cancer too. I had when I was 37. So, so I think a lot of this project by the kids is also because I was sick when I had small kids. and. I wanted to be there for them. That was the... But I thought I could just take a telephone and said, I want to have a new breast. So when I discovered that, I made this project about that. That's really interesting. It's fantastic. So there's, a, the, there's definitely um, a lot of energy behind your work. It's not just visual. It's also... No, it's what not you, something you're passionate about. I think I, because when I was painting, it was more Paul, people looked at it at, at items to put in their homes around their coach. So when I was, I was selling a lot of pictures and then I went back to school for four years. When and was then that? When I, um, How old were you then? I think it's 15 years ago, so I was... 45, yeah, 43, 45. And I took some art history, three years on a, on a, and then art history, and then this sculpting 
course in the University of Westfall. And then I come out making very different things than I did before in the school. That you can think when you are 50, that you, you, it's not too late. I think that's a very important thing to, to tell people in our age. Because a lot of people in my age in Norway, they've been together with the kids and take care of the homes and they don't understand that they could take a new, their lives could take new directions. directions. Yeah. Well, yours is fantastic. It's a fantastic di direction. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm loving the work. Yeah. I'm really loving the work. Her first project here was to enlarge and carve in marble 5,000-year axes from her home in Vestfold. But to her surprise, her work soon took a new turn. I had this model that I had made in the school some years before of an, of an uh, historical stone axe that I've, we find in the garden who are maybe 5,000 years that I like to form so much. So then I discovered that I could take that form here and largen it and make it into... So I, my first project was all items from uh, my, my uh, home place in Westfall. Uh, that is uh, 5,000 years old. So I have this concept with old tools that I like to make more abstract because I, when I started with marble, I was thinking of making abstract sculpting, not items. So when I did the first dress, it was a little bit scary. I had an, an uh, exhibition of baptized dresses in the church in Norway and collected 35 baptized dresses, was 100 years old, up to a new design dress. And when I come down, I made maybe 20 more abstract sculpturing, and then I wanted to make a dress. So this project is the Nuovo Vitae. Can you describe in words what, what, what I saw in there, what, what we see? Yeah, I think the, the, the first thing is that when I make my axes, I come down here for seven years ago and make the axes. So I, I, and the man around me, they make this woman with boobs and breasts. And I'm thinking, is that sculpture? Is everyone, every, it's so many men, they make naked women. I made an exhibition about breast cancer women. So I was a little bit upset about all these sexual sculpturing that, and they are selling, of course. And I was thinking making these dresses, it's the layer around the little girl and it's a protection and you know, the people who buy them, the man, they can say, where are the boobs? I say, there are no boobs, it's, it's little girls and they are the new future and it's a dream of a dress. And Kira, here at Studio Sam, she's also been working with materials b before. So she said to me, I could go and find so beautiful stones for you to your dresses. So it's, a, it's become a, a thing between me and her. I think she's coming here now. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. It's, 
I talked about you now. Yes, we just. I, I said it become a, a, a work between us because of you find all my stones. Kira McMartin arrives with Turid's new catalogue. You can see an online version of the catalogue at turidgillenhammer.com. Just look under Project Nuovo Vita. Or you can find photos of all the art we discuss on Instagram or our website materiallyspeaking.com. If you can look now, you'll see the breathtaking range of colours that marble comes in. Pink, blue, green, black and gold. If you can't, don't worry. Turid and I will do our best to get them across to you. You were talking about Kira and the project, so uh, it's actually very nice that the catalogue's just arrived from Kira. Do you want to talk about that? How do you feel about the catalogue and what have you just done to it? I have made a new catalogue because I had made nine new dresses this winter. And I wanted also some uh, picture from the older work. So it's very nice to see the catalogue. And, and so... Th the Nuova Vita is, it's the, it's the young girls, the future. It's the future and it's also the protect the kids in a way. How's that? I, I think it's so much, it's, it's quite feministic. Very many religious, they put down the woman. So I want them to be strong and proud. And what? people say when they, they, they tell me, when they saw them, they look proud. They are moving in a way without heads. Boys, they also need protection. If you think of the baptism dress, it's for both. I'm not sure it, it have to be only about the girls, but about the future and about the human being. So, so these are, I think they're absolutely beautiful. So they are, they're like a, a dress with nobody inside it. Yeah. But they're made of stone, so they're strong. But they all have, have names, like I, I named them Kira from Studio Hire, my kids, my two daughters, and all my friends. When I had the exhibition in Petrosanta, I had 21 different. And now we are in the exhibition in Norway, I have 31. And no one named all my beloved friends who died last five years. Strong woman who died of cancer, that it was very hard for me to take the names and put them on the dresses. It was a special feeling. Some dresses I, I get more, maybe I get more uh, involved, you know, feelings involved in making them. Now I can see the huge range of color and stones. So can you talk through all the stones that you've used and what, what yeah, they mean to you? Yeah, people, they, they ask me if I paint, if, if the blue granite from Angola, and if I know the colors inside the stone, because the, the last stone now, the gray stone from France, the gray and black and white, you can't really, you can see there are some patterns, but you don't know what's inside before you are in there. So it's like a Christmas present that you open a box and in there, it's so fascinating for every new dress. I was thinking of uh, making 40, but I'm not sure if I'm going to stop on 40. <laughs> and where do you get the stones from? 
the stones, because of Petra Santa, have this story, or, or the coast here have the story of making plates for buildings and kitchens, and they are specialists of uh, making plates. They get stone from the whole world in here. So you could, we, Akira, go down to small places to try to get blocks who are not so big because they want to sell you a, you know, <laughs> knock to, for a building. And I just want one block. It's enough for five dresses of the same. Uh, so I made addition of five. And can you talk us through the other But this green, green stone here, my husband bought for me for my our 33 years of wedding. <laughs> That's lovely. And what is it? It's a beautiful it's a, green. It's a Verde Ming from China. But the name is the daughter from one of my best friends. Can we look at some others in the same way? Hear the stories. And then I have uh, Jane. That's one of my friends who died five years ago. I'm sorry. That's a uh, Portoro Uduro, an Italian black marble with uh, with uh, gold lines. That's from just up the coast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just up the coast there. And then you have Turil. It's a uh, Calcutta marble. It's an Italian marble. Quite simple. Some stones you have to make make simple. The white Carrara, like uh, on the Mai here, you can make stripes and roses and but others. That that statuary. Yeah, that's the white statuary from Carrara. And how do you find that special to work with? Well, that's more soft to work with than uh, the granite. It takes more detail. Yeah. You can take match. This is the. This is my daughter's name, Marn, my oldest daughter. It's a uh, sodalita uh, granite from Bolivia, and, and it's it's really hard stone, and it had to be a simple model. And, and the, the colors, white, the colors in this one. What would you say the colors are in Marin? It's uh, cobalt blue, or aquamarine blue and white. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And Tilda, it's in it's in white statuary marbles that you could make hearts and stripes and patterns like embroideries. It's beautiful too. And I have one dress called the uh, Turin. That one's gorgeous. Torvis, she is in is in uh, onyx with the red and white stripes, beautiful stone. From Iran. From Iran. Here. That one is unbelievable. That one is called Gerd, is that Gerd? Gerd? That's my uh, mother-in-law. She was very happy. I bet she was. Yes. <laughs> It's is that beautiful. like her? Does it, did, did, did you choose yeah, that? she likes, she was very happy. Both of my, my, my mother and my grandmother, they died last year. And they, my mother died one week before the exhibition. So she didn't see that. See, that was really sad. It was really sad. So this is the models. 
So you make them first. You were explaining earlier in the studio. Yeah. Can you talk us through that process? Yeah, I, when I was going to make the dresses, I started with clay. So I have made maybe 100 little uh, models who are not more than 20 centimeters or 15 centimeters. I made one in, in real size of a child dress, but then it becomes too naturalistic. So I, I chose to make them small and, uh, and make them a little bit more abstract. Yes, I, maybe they will get more and more abstract, maybe in the end. And of course, my, my dress is full of roses. <laughs> Why is that? Yeah, I was thinking, maybe you, you think you, you are going to a rose garden, but you, are, you don't have a rose garden. You have to work for everything, and you, you, uh, that's the life. You go through life, you get kids, and you get cancer, and you survive, and you, uh, you still try to work it out. And that's the rose garden? Yeah. I love that. And I love the dress, so it's, it's white. What sort of stone did you choose for you? That's an that's a Italian white. From Garfagnano, yeah. which is also nearby. Yeah. Beautiful. I took the plane down to Petrasanta for seven years ago and took the train to Petrasanta. Uh, I feel like I was 17 years on my own, didn't know anyone, and had an appointment to come up to Studio Sam, and I was so scared. I was scared of, of everything. I was scared of being alone. And then a writer in Norway said, oh, you will feel miserable for three days, and then you get used to being alone. Sometimes it is miserable, but mostly it's nice to bike, to, to work, to read and, and see a romantic comedy and have a family over for visiting. But my daughter who had my first grandchild uh, last year, she thinks the mommy, mommy is a little bit too much away now. How do you feel about that? I, I'm working hard to be uh, nearby <clears throat> and two weeks ago, I went home to babysit uh, for two days. And he knows me. Uh, and I'm really happy about that because I think child, to, to get child is it's one of the most important thing in my life. And I wanted to be there for my grandchildren. But um, the artisans, the skills here, what, what have you found here and how have you learned? I learned a lot. And I, in my mind, when I arrived here, started working seven years ago, I was, I have to do everything by myself. Nobody was going to touch my stone. But then I learned that it's, you could learn from them and they could do some work for you. And then, so I'm so, now I'm so pleased to work together. And now when we have to finish the piece in the last two days now, I'm so standing there with this boy helping me, polishing, and I just feel so lucky. Fabulous. But I think you have to, you have to take some chance in your life, like I did. It was an opportunity, so I took it.
Thanks to Turid Gillenhammer. You can check out her work at turidgillenhammer.com. For photographs of all the works we discuss, check out our Instagram or website at materiallyspeaking.com. Production thanks go to my editor, Michael Hall. Recording thanks to Duncan Thornley at Map Studios. Wow.